I was really nervous to get back out there just because of being laid off. I was so scared that it would happen to me again. <laughs> and I think our brains do that to us. Like once we go through something, that's our experience and that's what we know. So are told that that's just going to repeat itself. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We hope you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that is unapologetically you and then go get it. If you feel like you were meant for more and you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. I don't think that there's an ideal time to get laid off or really ever to completely change your career. Happened to your career, we've worked with a whole bunch of people that have gone through pretty dramatic situations. It's one thing when you get tired with feeling stuck and decide to make a change. It's another thing when your company calls you and tells you that your time is up. It leaves people feeling pretty uneasy or scared, to put it mildly. You have a tendency when this happens, and I've been there, you feel like your life is out of control or at least out of your control, but a professional setback might actually lead to a far, far better opportunity that you've never, ever considered before. Our story today is someone who is already contemplating a career change, but was then laid off before she could position herself for the next move. She discovered that evolving and adapting weren't only important for success, they were absolutely necessary to move up in the professional world. I had that mindset of, okay, like this next thing, like this is going to be it. Like this is my career. Like, like I have to pick the one thing <laughs> that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. That's Melissa Shapiro. As she found herself in this really difficult situation, she took her newfound time and energy to focus on asking herself big questions that led to her successful career change. So I basically have a very eclectic background and, and you know, I'm an artist and I love to sing and perform. And I was actually working as a senior admissions producer at General Assembly. And I was there for about two years speaking with students who were really interested in making a career change into the tech world. And I would sort of talk about our programs that we offered, such as a digital marketing program, UX, UI, software development, data, and talk about these 12-week life-changing boot camps that the students could take and really make a career change. And that's sort of where all of this, this fun stuff happened, where I got super interested in helping people with their career changes. I was in the same role for probably about two years. And the part that I loved was kind of the part that I just described in terms of forming relationships with people and really kind of getting to know their backgrounds and helping them make that career change. But the other part of the role that was the part that I didn't want to pursue anymore was that it, it was a very sales-oriented role in terms of quotas, and having that pressure in terms of filling up our classes and everything like that. So it was just the sales aspect of things that I wanted to get away from. And I, I wanted a more genuine type of relationship building role. When you say genuine type of relationship building, what, is it, what does that mean for you? Yeah, for me, it means that I would be able to talk to people, clients and students when I wanted to, in terms of when I see fit and 
when it would contribute to our goal, whatever that was at the time, and not to fill some sort of quota and fill a sales number, basically. Yeah. 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 So was there a, in this, as you were realizing this, was there a time or an aha moment where you're like, you know what, been here for two years, it's time that I transition on to something that's even a better fit. How did that happen for you? Yeah, I think that I was, you know, as as we all feel frustrated and I knew that there were aspects of the role that I really did enjoy. It wasn't like, I hate everything about this that I I must leave. But yeah, it got to the point where it was just very, very frustrating. And once you met your quota for that quarter, another quarter would start and you would just kind of start all over again. And it was sort of this never ending cycle. And I felt kind of trapped in almost like the sales cycle and the numbers of everything. So I just got to a point where I knew that there was just something that was out there for me that was not so sales oriented and that could still utilize my strengths. And I didn't necessarily know what that was or what it was called, but I felt in my gut that I knew it was there. Do you think that since you had transitioned before, because you mentioned offhand, and I know a little bit more to the story, but you had come from a background where, you know, like you said, you were more into performance. And I think you said you enjoy singing mm-hmm. and you had come from that type of area and industry and sector, whatever you want to call that. And <laughs> you'd made this transition the first time around. Did that have any play here into coming to this realization easier or, mm-hmm. uh, or did that not really factor in? Tell me how, how you were thinking about that at the time. Yeah. I think that was a much harder transition from thinking that you wanted to do performance and musical theater and you know opera for your entire life and then realizing that it's just not a lifestyle for you and that it would never sort of be aligned with the with your personality and how you want to live your life. I think that was sort of a more really intense realization for me that this thing that I've studied and worked so hard and training for was not going to be for me. So I think that once I went through that, the other career transitions seemed a lot easier because after that big life-changing one, I think once you get through something like that, then all of these kind of pivots in your career and figuring out next steps become a lot more second nature. That's so interesting that you put it that way, because we've seen that a lot behind the scenes and working with people, too, that it is, oh, how do you want to put it? It is worth it to go through that type of initial transition because of what it teaches you and then makes every single consecutive transition of any kind more possible, easier, whatever word that you want to use, all of the above in there. Yeah. So that's that's really interesting that you observe that in, in that particular way. Yeah. So how then did you go about once you had this this mm-hmm. second transition, you're there, you're mm-hmm. working, you're in admissions and you're having this realization that, you know what, this isn't quite what I want. I enjoy this small piece of it, mm-hmm. but certainly not some of the other aspects. What did you end up doing from there? How did that play out? Yeah. So sort of at the end of my stint in admissions, um, I worked on a project with the instructional design team 
And I revamped our entire onboarding process, which to me was really interesting because it combined my education experience with the experience that I had in admissions at General Assembly and using my two years as an admissions producer to refine the way that we onboard new admissions producers. And that was sort of, it was interesting because it combined a lot of different aspects of my skill set that I had never really even thought of before. Yeah. That was a really cool project. And I got to work with the instructional design team and I had a really good time doing it. And then I started thinking about possibly doing course creation and, and things like that. And I had a small period as an instructional designer that I did sort of get to do that. But then unfortunately, I was laid off after three months from that job. So. That was right before I entered into the career change boot camp. But it was still just really interesting. And I would, from that, I would kind of say, I would encourage people to really look in terms of their role holistically and see what am I interested in? Maybe it's, maybe it's not a completely other different role at the company, but what can I do in my role that I could bring more of myself? And that's sort of what I learned from that experience, that you could always look for opportunities and sort of jump on when you find something interesting and and see where that takes you. I think that's so great. First of all, because (laughs) one, if you're not actively looking for those opportunities, as you put them, to bring more of yourself to a particular situation, whether that's a job or interactions, whatever it happens to be you're unlikely to find them. It's not going to, a lot of the times, just show up. And that's part of what I think can lead people down the road to frustration. So I think that that's super cool that you were actively looking for those opportunities in one way or another, because clearly it gave you more input and more feedback into some of the things that you do enjoy. And it also gave you more input and feedback into what you can do and whether or not this could be another good situation for you in one way or another. It's this great skill set to have too. I have a portfolio piece from it, you know? Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. I have what I designed. So I got to keep that, which is pretty cool. And, you know, something you can kind of pull out of your back pocket. (laughs) I made this. (laughs) (laughs) I did that. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So then there was this stint in between. And you got the opportunity to experiment with that in some ways. Obviously, you got laid off from there. Then we got the opportunity to interact with you in Career Change Bootcamp. So what happened at that point? Because this wasn't just instant magic or anything else along those lines, like, boom, make the next shift or boom, I figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life. That's not how it works. But what did happen for you? Oh, yeah. At that point, well, I was looking into Career Change Bootcamp for a while, even when I was at you know General Assembly and just doing some research in terms of wanting to figure out something that would be fulfilling for a while for me, I think that it was finally the right time. And I didn't know <laughs> that I would be getting laid off from this job. And I signed up for Career Change Bootcamp. I think it was like a week before I got laid off, <laughs> which was just insane, the timing. Yeah. And I, I just started it. And I remember I wrote you guys and I was like, 
I just got laid off from this job. I'm so happy that I enrolled in this program. <laughs> and it was it just was the perfect time and I had the time now to invest into the career change bootcamp. That's so funny because I would say that after interacting with literally thousands of people that have gotten laid off in one way or another, that rarely is there a good time to get laid off. However, I think your situation falls into the small percentage of, of folks that maybe created that good time. And I think that that's something that I've observed just as I've gotten to know you a little bit, that part of the reason timing has a tendency to work out great for you is because mm-hmm. you're continuously taking one action or another, always looking forward in terms of, hey, what can I be doing? Where is that opportunity? What is the next step? What is going to push me forward in the way that I, I want to? And so I would say, I would advocate that maybe it wasn't entirely luck, that <laughs> it was, although you can't control all circumstances or anything like that, that part of the reason it created a good time was because you had some involvement with it. Is that, a, is that a fair statement? That's it's fair. It's fair. I had been interested in career change bootcamp for a while, but it still just was that it, it was what I needed. You know, it was that positive light in that time of sort of complete shock. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When when you think back to that time where you got laid off and mm-hmm. you were just beginning to work with us and just beginning to really go through this type of transition again, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. What were some of the first things that you did that really helped set you up to make this a good transition for you? Yeah, I really had that time, like I said. So in my mind, I said, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this time and I'm really going to get focused and I'm going to put all of my energy into investing into this program because that's the best gift that I can give myself. You know, I was getting severance, I was getting unemployment, so I wasn't super, super stressed. But I would rather take more time to find something that was more aligned with what I was looking for than just jump into something else. So it did take a little bit longer than I wanted it to, but I think it was still pretty fast in terms of the way things (laughs) move (laughs) job-wise. But that's what I said to myself. I said, listen, use this as a gift really use this time and jump into this program, do everything you need to do and more, network, reach out to people on LinkedIn, reach out to all of your connections and really take advantage of this opportunity. What do you feel like were some of the harder parts for you as you made this transition? Yeah, I think just some actually raw human emotion and feelings. I think I was really nervous to get back out there just because of being laid off. I was so scared that it would happen to me again. (laughs) And I think our brains do that to us. Like Once we go through something, that's our experience and that's what we know. So are told that that's just going to repeat itself. I think what was hard was still continuing to have that frustration and sending out those messages and applying for jobs and and tailoring all my materials and just having that frustration of, why isn't it happening now? Why isn't it happening faster? And I think we we all experience that. But I think just to focus on keep doing what you're doing and not that necessarily what you're doing is wrong. It's just not everyone is going to get back to you. 
What did you do or what did you experience that worked well for you to help speed up the process? Or what are the things that you saw as you were going through it that like, yeah, this is this is working for me and gave you those little glimmer of hope, even though it didn't feel like it was going as fast as you wanted? I had so much time too. I wasn't doing another job while I was job searching. So I had been putting all of my effort into it. It was just a little frustrating to have putting 150% into it and, and getting little things here and there, but just not hearing from as many people as I wanted to. It, I think what worked well for me was following the bootcamp modules and really following the order and doing each module diligently and then having the next one sort of build upon the one beforehand and having a curriculum that just made sense. I had never gone through an actual career coaching like boot camp and, and course. So I think this particular model was really helpful for me in terms of, of figuring out what my strengths are, how to build upon those strengths, what other people said my strengths were that I knew, and building my ideal career profile, and then learning how to reach out to people properly, really following up, asking the right interview questions, really being able to advocate for myself because I knew myself so much better throughout that process. And therefore, my interviews were way more genuine and sincere. And obviously, I mean, Kelly was just wonderful and had such great suggestions. Any question I had for her, she would answer and just have really, really good, innovative ideas. Okay. So I have... One big question that, because we've got everybody that's listening to this right now, that most of the time, all of our listeners are in the in the place where they are wanting to make a change, in the process of making a change, or mm -hmm. thinking about making a change. And I want to take you back to where you <laughs> were going to make a change because this was thrust upon you in in one way or another and didn't expect it. And although the timing worked out well for you, as you said, it was still a little bit worrisome and still a little bit scary in terms of, hey, well, what if this happens again or uh, mm -hmm. anything else? So when, when somebody's in that place and they're right on the beginning stages of making a change for one reason or another, what advice would you give them? I would say do whatever you need to do to fight the fear and just do it. You're going to have those voices. You know, you're going to have the negativity. You're going to have your mind try and play tricks on you and bring up prior experiences or, or things that you were scared of that happened in, in workplace settings before. And you really have to just tell your brain, no, this is new. This is different. We're trying a new approach this time. We're going to get what we want. And we're going to advocate for ourselves. And I think that, you know, in every situation, I think our minds play tricks on us. And I think we need to have the self-love and self-respect for ourselves to be able to talk those voices down and to be logical and loving to ourselves. What do you feel like worked for you to do exactly that, to fight that fear and be able to <laughs> control those voices or at least uh, fend off those voices that are in your, in your head? Well, I'm someone who I do meditate every day. And I think that's something that helps me really focus. But it takes practice. I think just really knowing yourself and doing that work to understand 
what those anxieties are for you. It's different for everyone, obviously, based on all of our previous experiences. But to really listen to what's fear-based versus what's based on fact. And I think sometimes journaling, sometimes doing a visualization, whatever you need to do to kind of figure out what the differences are, I think that's what you need to do. And then you need to talk to that voice and just say, this is a fear-based voice. This is not reality. This is something that's trying to stop me from making this change because change is unknown, as we all know. And our brain protects us from the unknown. So just really applying that positivity. This is going to be better than where I am now. This is only going to get better. So just reaffirming that over and over. I think that's great. And I also, speaking of fear, speaking of change, Mm -hmm. speaking of resisting change or even continuous change, you and I, before we hit the record button, had a little bit of a conversation about how this is continually evolving for you Mm -hmm. too. And one of the things I heard you say at the beginning of our conversation right now is that one of the things that you really responded or gravitated to was helping people make different types of choices. And, you know, we got to talk a little bit about your interest in continuing to help people do that in their, in their career down the road as well. And you even expressed interest about becoming a career coach in one fashion or another. And I think that's super cool. Obviously, I'm a little biased. We've got an entire team of career coaches. So you might imagine that, uh, <laughs> that I'm a fan. However, I think the thing that was really interesting to me is you've done such a great job of jumping into this idea of it's not a w- make the decision, figure out the perfect thing, and then be done with it. Instead, mm-hmm. it is really this mentality of continuing to evolve what it mm-hmm. is that you want. And I think you've done such a great job of that. So I'm curious, what has helped you in getting there to think about it that way? And then yeah. two, what advice would you offer other people in that realm too about how to think about their career and their life as it relates to what they want to need and that evolution? That's a good question. And I think that I did have that mindset of, I think part of the pressure too, before CCB was that I had that mindset of, okay, like this next thing, like this is going to be it. Like, this is my career. Like, like I have to pick the one thing (laughs) that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Forever. (laughs) Forever and ever and ever. And I think that is such a scary thought. It really is. I think that thought alone paralyzes us because we feel trapped. If you think about doing one thing forever, you freeze up. You need to feel like that freedom, that flexibility, because life is changing and life is ever evolving. And, you know, your career is part of your life. I'm not the person I was 10 years ago, even. We are always changing and we're always evolving. And I think the roadmap that the career change bootcamp gave me is applicable to all of those career stages and all of those changes because you can keep using it over and over and over again and reevaluate where you are. And that's what's so great about it is it's not like a one-time thing and that's all you can use it for. You can You can go back and you can do it all over again a year later, two years later, 10 years later. So I really appreciated that. And I think learning that formula really made me realize that this is something that is going to evolve and it's okay. I I can let myself evolve. I can continue to utilize this for my life. 
Why do, why do you think there, because I know that that pressure is there for many different mm-hmm. people, but for you, where did you think that that pressure of, I must figure this out and it will be the last time <laughs> and everything else that comes along with, where do you think that that came from for you personally? I think it's a generational thing, to be honest. I grew up with parents who were very much set in their, their jobs. They are still both doing the same job that they started out doing. So they're both lawyers and, and they're still practicing and they're in the same office. And so I think that I just didn't really grow up with people who changed their careers. And I think obviously as time goes on, we're seeing younger generations changing their careers, you know, all the time now. But but I think that's sort of a new thing still. And not everyone is on board with it. And I think there's, you know, there's all of this pressure to for when recruiters like look at your resume and they're like, oh, you did so many different things. Like, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why can't you why can't you stay in one place? Like, we're still told about that. We're still it's still talked about that having different jobs on your resume, a lot of different jobs, is not necessarily a good thing. So I think that times are changing and that's ever evolving. And I think there's a new kind of status quo on that whole thought process. But but yeah, I, I think to some extent, I think that that pressure is kind of still there. That's so interesting that you bring it up in that way. And I appreciate you sharing that because I do think that that's something that many people go through for that mm-hmm. reason too. I haven't been able to find out like a technical scientific name for why that happens. But internally here, it happened to your career. We call that the exposure problem. Mm. You haven't been exposed to something. So you don't even recognize that it could be possible in one way or another. And therefore it just isn't a real possibility in your world until that exposure to it happens in one way, shape or form. And I know, geez, Mm. even for me, coming out of college. I actually used to own a small business, profitable small business that like put me through college and everything and actually sold that business as I was leaving college. And then oh, because I didn't realize that that was a real thing, like you could own a business and that would be like your job or whatever. And yeah, so I, I did. I sold the business and promptly went out to find my job in the workplace. And everybody's got a different pathway. But the reason I did that is because I wasn't exposed to anybody else that like did that as a real thing. Instead, I was exposed to lots of other people that it said, you go to college, you get yep. your job coming out of college, and then that's what you do forever. Yeah. 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 It's, it is really, really interesting. And to see how that continues to evolve. Do you, just as we're wrapping up here, mm-hmm. I know that for you, you feel like you had lots of time, maybe compared to even the average person, because you know uh, the timing. I don't know that the timing gods converged, and you know the layoff <laughs> happened, like all that stuff, right. whatever you'd like to call it. But right. I've also I've been through transitions that way, where I have had literally the entire week, week after week, to be able to sink into finding my next step. I've mm-hmm. I've done that. I've also done it the other way many times too, where I'm pursuing something at the same time as I'm working a full-time job and have many other obligations. And yeah. having done it both ways, neither is easy. They have different challenges. Yeah. But my question to you is, what did you find that helped you continually 
focus on it, continue to take action during that short period of time? What worked for you? I think a combination of things worked for me. I think part of it is just the kind of person that I am. I've always been extremely motivated. And I think I had so much time to think and strategize (laughs) that I really kind of put all my eggs in that basket, for, for lack of a better term. But I just really like turned on that switch of this is what you're going to focus on right now. Like you invested your time and your money in this boot camp. Like, let's do that. Like, this is this is it. This is what we're doing now. But I think for a lot of other people, like it's not as easy to get through all of the modules as quickly if they're juggling a million other things. So I would probably just say to schedule it. If you don't have the time, you know, all that time of not not having a, a regular nine to five type of role, I would say to just go into your calendar, <laughs> literally block the time off every single day and write down what you're going to do and stick to it. Because if you don't map it out and you don't create the space for it, you're not going to do it. So, I mean, your career coach is definitely there to help motivate you and to help guide you through the process. But it is on the individual as well to actually do the work. No one can force you to do the work. So I would definitely say that to carve out the time, realize how important it is, realize how important this is for your life and to be happier and block that time out in your schedule. One of the things I don't think we've ever discussed on the podcast before, that I'm curious what your opinion would be, because I think you did a great job with it. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like people can get the most out of a coach that that they're working with? How do you Mm -hmm. think that they can leverage a coach? And part of the reason why I'm interested in your opinion and perspective on this is because you have been interested in becoming a career coach too. So you've got kind of all the different sides (laughs) in there. So what do you feel like has worked for you to really leverage your coach? Yeah, I think really understanding where the blocks come up. Like you don't have to necessarily speak to your coach about every single thing in every single module just because it's coming up. If you're getting through something and you can easily do that on your own and it's you understand it and you don't need to question it, then you know, you don't have to bring that up with your coach. So, while there is this pathway to the program, your career coaching sessions are planned by you. If you want to focus more time on your five signature strengths module and you want to understand how that works in real world situations and maybe like the anti strengths and how that can hinder you, you can focus on that. If you want to focus on your ideal career profile and why that's important and strategizing how to get there in the future, you can focus on that. If you don't you're not like trapped into focusing on one module for coaching sessions. I would say to make notes while you're going through the material of things that are coming up for you, maybe like blockages or just questions you may have or things you don't understand or want clarity on and and mark that down and to really focus on that. Hey, if you love this story where we talk through and walk you through step-by-step how someone got to more meaningful work, then you'll absolutely love our audiobook, Happened to Your Career, An Unconventional Approach to Career Change and Meaningful Work. I even got to narrate it, which was so fun and something that I really enjoy doing and will definitely do for future books as well. But it also contains firsthand accounts from career changers on how they made the move 
to more meaningful work, just like we include on the podcast here. And actually, it's been called the best audiobook experience ever by some reviewers. <laughs> you can find those reviews and the book itself on Audible, Amazon, or any other place where books are sold. Seriously, just pause this right now and go over to Amazon or Audible or wherever you want and download it. You can be reading it and start it on your career change in literally seconds. Now, here's a sneak peek into what's coming up next week right here on Happen to Your Career. The whole societal you should kinds of things. You should answer questions this way. This is how you should be for a hiring manager, right? And then six months, it's like, wow, I really, I don't like this job. How did I not notice all the things, right? We get questions from clients all the time. Things like, how do I stand out in an interview? What do hiring managers actually want to know in this interview? But these questions, well, we're honored to be able to answer them. I would argue that they're the wrong questions. Do you just want to stand out to stand out just to get a job? Or are you wanting to dig in and make sure this move is intentional and that it's the right fit for you? Interviews, as it turns out, are a two-way street. And the first interview is the foundation for setting up the future of your work there. So the true question is, how do I show up as myself in an interview? Because you don't know what they're going to ask, but there are many things you can do to prepare. All that and plenty more next week right here on Happen to Your Career. Make sure that you don't miss it. And if you haven't already, click subscribe on your podcast player so that you can download this podcast in your sleep and you get it automatically. Even the bonus episodes every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. Until next week, adios. I'm out. Adios.